Scripture reading this morning comes from Joshua chapter 21. I'm going to read a selection of verses at the beginning and then at the very end. Starting in verse 1. Then the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites came to Eleazar the priest and to Joshua the son of Nun and to the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the people of Israel. And they said to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, The Lord commanded through Moses that we be given cities to dwell in along with their pasture lands for our livestock. So by command of the Lord, the people of Israel gave to the Levites the following cities and pasture lands out of their inheritance. And then the following verses list all those towns and cities. And I'm going to let you read that on your own. And then picking up verse 41. The cities of the Levites in the midst of the possession of the people of Israel were, were in all 48 cities with, with their pasture lands. These cities each had its pasture lands around it, so it was with all these cities. Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that He swore to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side just as He had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them. For the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. May God bless the reading of His Word. You know, Joshua and the Levites, up to this point, had taken control of the land that God had promised to give them. And God was faithful to His promise to do just that. Uh, The land has, has been divided among the 11 tribes of Israel according to God's direction. However... If you know your Old Testament, then you know that there were 12 tribes of Israel, right? 12 tribes of Israel. You see, before Israel was a nation, Israel was a person. His name was Jacob. And God changed his name to Israel. And Israel had 12 sons. And from these 12 sons came the 12 tribes of Israel. And we read in the book of Joshua that 11 of these tribes received portions of the land of Canaan as an inheritance. But there was one tribe that would not receive the land in the same way as the other tribes received it. And that one tribe is the tribe of Levi. Uh, You see, as you read through uh, the first five books of the Bible, you realize specifically, uh, you see in uh, Numbers uh, 25 and 35, and also uh, when they had the instance of the golden calf, uh, when Moses was on the mountain, uh, you have you have an example there of the faithfulness of the Levites, the covenant faithfulness of the Levites, and because of their faithfulness to the covenant, God gave them a special role among the people. Now, two of the most well-known Levites are Moses and Aaron. Aaron being the first high priest, and he served as the high priest, and then all his descendants after him would serve in that role as well. But all the Levites of the whole tribe of Levi either served as priests or as assistants to the priests. That was their role. And so this is the the unique and the special role that was given to the tribe of Levi by God himself. So the other tribes... The other 11 tribes, they received portions of the land as inheritance. But God told the tribe of Levi that he would be their inheritance. 
In other words, that he has a special role for them to to take on in the presence of his people. And that would be their inheritance, which meant that they would serve the Lord in a special capacity. They would mediate for the people of God. Uh, They would care for the tabernacle. And then later they would care for the temple. Uh, They would oversee the sacrifices and the feasts. They would oversee um, certain cases. They would render judgment in those difficult cases that may arise among the people. And they would also teach the law. And so what you see with the Levites, are they are the ones who basically oversaw all the religious activity among the people of Israel. You know, this past week, maybe you read this in the paper, um, Augusta University's president, President Keel, uh, just announced that they want to try to place more primary care physicians in underserved areas of Georgia. And he has a, a kind of a plan that he's mapped out to do that. And so the idea is that we want to place physicians in these areas where there are no physicians. You know, so we, we recognize and they recognize, obviously, that, you know, it's not enough for a person just to be able to log on to WebMD to figure out what's wrong. Right. Or say, well, there's a hospital or a doctor, you know, 45 minutes, an hour down the road. You can just go to that one. They recognize that if you can place a physician within a community, then that physician is going to help that community become a healthier community physically, right? And so in a similar way, just as you would place a physician in a community to help with their physical health, the same was true here in the the land of Israel. God placed the Levites within the community to help with their spiritual health, to help them stay spiritually healthy. This was the role of the priest and the Levites. So in Joshua 21, you have the land... It's divided among the 11 tribes. You have the cities of refuge. They've been established. We read that in Joshua chapter 20. But there's still one task that is left undone, that has been left undone. And so, even though the the Levites would not receive land like the other tribes, Moses did say in Numbers 35 that they would receive a place to live. So even though you're not going to receive large portions of land, God is going to provide them a place to live. However, in Joshua 21, at this point in the story, the Levites are still kind of wandering around, wondering, okay, where are we going to live? You know, everybody else has their place, has their land, and they say, you know, well, where are we going to live? And so they actually have to go to Joshua and Eleazar and say, you know... (laughs) You know, what about us? Hey, you know, don't forget the Levites over here. We need a place to live too. Even though we're not going to get large chunks of land, we still need a place to live. And we're not told exactly why they, they waited to the very end to give the Levites a place to live. But Calvin suggests that it's because of carelessness and forgetfulness. He basically says that everybody was just so busy, you know, getting settled into their land, you know, setting up their cattle or whatever they were raising, you know, setting up their farm, taking care of business, that they just kind of forgot about the Levites. And so the Levites actually had to come to Joshua and say, hey, you know, we also need a place to live, by the way. And, you know, when I thought about that, I was reading that about Calvin's commentary on this, and he was talking about this. I thought, wow, you know, how are we're just so much like them, aren't we, that we just get so busy 
Life gets so, and life is busy, and life takes a lot of time doing lots of different things. And like those twelve, I mean, eleven tribes, we can become so busy and preoccupied with life that we fail to give attention to our spiritual health, which is really what they were doing. I mean, they were they were not giving attention to the tribe that would help them spiritually in their worship with the Lord. They were just so focused on their own settlement that they overlooked the Levites until the very end. And the people needed the Levites. You know, they, they needed the priest in order to both rightly understand God, God's word, and also participate in worship. And yet the priest and their assistants, the tribe of Levi, were the last to receive a place to live. And I wonder, you know, when life gets busy for you, as it does, we all know that, life gets busy, your schedule fills up, what's the first thing that takes a back seat? Like, what's the first thing that kind of falls off the priority list? And I know for some of us, it's our relationship with God. It's our spiritual health. We get busy and we, we pull away from the church. We pull away from the community of God's people. And we see that with people. They get busy with so many other things. They just pull away from the church. They pull away from Bible study. We pull away from the nourishment. We pull away from the nourishment that God has provided for us to grow. We pull away because we're so busy with so many other things. And we need to be reminded, like Joshua and Eleazar, that God has provided for us a way to grow this nourishment. And it's in the presence of the priests. Just like in Israel. The Israelites needed the priest. They needed the presence of the priest in order to grow in their relationship with God. And in a similar way... We need the presence of the priests as well. We need the community of believers in order for us to grow. You know, it was God's design that He would place the the priests and the Levites among the people. See, the difference is when, when God had them divide the land of Canaan among the tribes... They would give, uh, Joshua and Eleazar, they gave the, uh, these 11 tribes large portions of land. That, okay, this would be your land. This is where you would settle. Uh, it would be like this situation where you'd say, okay, you know, the tribe of Judah, you get the Somerville neighborhood. Okay, that's your area. Uh, let's say um, we're going to give maybe the Somerville neighborhood to this tribe. We're going to give the, the National Hills neighborhood to this tribe. We're going to give Old Town to this other tribe. And basically you had 11 neighborhoods taken over by these 11 tribes. Well, the difference between how the Levites would receive the land in contrast to the other tribes is that they would not receive one chunk of land. But their allotment of land would come from the land that was allotted to the 11 tribes. So it would be like this. Let's say you were in the tribe of Judah. You were given Somerville. Well, you would give a couple houses to the Levites to live in. In your neighborhood. And so... God spread out the tribe of Levi all throughout the land of Canaan. And it says that uh, He gave them 48 cities. And when you, when you think city, don't think Augusta, okay? <laughs> think of like a little small, maybe a few houses within Somerville. That's what you need to kind of think about. Very small area, but a place to live is basically the, the gist of it here. So the 11 tribes were given neighborhoods, and then the Levites were given a few houses within the, those neighborhoods. And so... God's design is that he would distribute the tribe of Levi all throughout the other tribes. And I believe the reason he did that 
is because they would serve as witnesses for God and mediators for the people in their worship. And that's why he would disperse them among the people. God wanted his representatives all throughout the land to help people worship him rightly. And so he distributed the Levites throughout the 11 tribes in order to serve the people and help them remain spiritually healthy. Now, what about today? Uh, What is God's plan to help people become and remain spiritually healthy today? Is there a special group of people that God wants scattered throughout the land to help people know God and worship Him rightly? Well, in fact, there is a special group of people. And as we read through the New Testament, this is what we discover about the priesthood in the New Testament. We discover that Jesus is the great high priest. He's the ultimate high priest. He's the greater high priest. He's the perfect mediator between God and man. His sacrifice on the cross, we read in the book of Hebrews, was so perfect that no other sacrifice needs to be offered to God for sin. His sacrifice on the cross was a once-for-all sacrifice, never to be offered again because it was sufficient. We, we learned that His priesthood is eternal, which means there is no other priesthood. There is no other uh, group of priests that represent God to the people other than the priest of Jesus Christ, the priesthood of Christ. So with that said, who are the priests today? I mean, what is, what is God's plan today to help people come to know Him and grow in Him? Who are the ones that God wants scattered throughout the world to help people know God? You know, is it those from the tribe of Levi? You know, is it those that have the title of, you know, pastor, bishop, preacher, priest even? You know, where are the presence of the priests today? That's the question. And here's what you need to understand. If Jesus is the great high priest then all those who are in Christ share in those priestly duties. Okay? Jesus is the ultimate high priest. And so His priesthood, those duties shared in this priesthood are involved by everybody that is found in Christ. So if you are in Christ, then you share in those priestly duties to some degree. Because The Bible tells us that Jesus is the head of the church, right? He is the head, and He says, we are the body. So He's the head. He gives direction. He's the high priest. We are His body. We're to carry out some of these priestly duties that He would have us to carry out. So we take our direction from the head. So if we are in Christ, and Christ is the priest, then we share in some of these priestly duties. And this is why Peter tells us, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, and then 9 and 10, that we as followers of Jesus are a royal priesthood. Listen to what he says. He writes, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so on the one hand, you have this royal priesthood being developed, which would be His body, the people of God, the people who have faith in Christ. So if you're in Christ, you're part of this. 
And so one of your priestly duties is to, he says, offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So one of your duties is to praise God, worship God, right? That's one of our roles as this royal priesthood. So it's a kind of a vertical role. Then in verse 9 it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so notice that we are a priesthood that both, both offers sacrifices of praise to God, right? So part of our role here is to worship God, to glorify God with our lives, you know, offer up these spiritual sacrifices of worship. But we also have this other role, and that is to proclaim the excellencies of God who called us out of darkness into light, who has shown us mercy. And so we have this kind of this vertical role to praise God and also this horizontal role to proclaim the excellencies of God. And also notice this. This is what I think we need to just give special attention to in this passage. Notice that the pronouns that are used in this passage are second person plural pronouns. So in the South, we'd say it like this. Y'all are a royal priesthood. Y'all are a royal priesthood. Peter never says, you, singular, are royal priesthood. He says, you all. Now we can deduce from that, that because we are all part of this, that we each have these kind of priestly duties individually. But really, Peter's emphasis is on the community. It's really on the community of believers. You all, y'all, are a royal priesthood. You share in these duties of praise and proclamation. And this is why it's so important that when we think about the mission of God that we're careful not to make it too individualistic. Okay? And what I mean by that is you've got to be careful that we don't have just simply a Lone Ranger view of the Great Commission. Like, okay, we're going to send out individuals to fulfill the Great Commission. Really, the mission is that we want to send out... Yes, we can send out individuals, but the purpose of that is to raise up a community. To plant a community that is formed by the Gospel. So yes, we send out Christians into the world as priests, so to speak. But the goal is is to form communities of believers, churches, that are brought into being by the Gospel of Jesus Christ. So you had the Old Testament where God dispersed the Levites among the 12, I mean the 11 tribes of Israel. And today what God is doing is dispersing Christians around the world to plant churches. And the churches are to be salt and light to the community. You know, we are to be cities on a hill, drawing people's attention to the glory of God in Christ. So the question is, well, what does that have to do with you and me? How are we to respond to this type of charge? Well, first, I think we need to learn from them here is that we have to be careful not to allow busyness to marginalize our own spiritual health. You don't don't put your involvement with the people of God and worship and Bible study as the last thing on your to-do list because what happens if that's the case, it's the first thing to go. 
but we need to put it at the top of our list. This needs to be the most important thing that we do, and that is taking the nourishment that God has provided for us to grow. And we know that comes not only through individual time with the Lord, but also being with God's people. This is a vital aspect of spiritual growth, is being involved with a community of believers. So what we need to do is we need to make room for the ways that God has provided for us to grow. Just like the Israelites needed to make room in their neighborhoods for the priests and the Levites, we need to make room in our schedule for time with God and time with the people of God. Because these are the ways that God has given us to grow. And the second thing we need to do is do we, need, we need to support the growth and planting of churches. You know, the church is God's primary plan to reach the world. I mean, that is His plan. That's His missionary plan. And this means that you and I should seek to support the local church. Obviously, the Hill Baptist Church, we want to support this local manifestation of the church through our giving of time, talents, and treasure. This is why we collect offerings so that we can give, you can give of your resources so we can fund the different ministries that we have in place this year. This is why we have a VBS luncheon for volunteers so you can come not only eat a sub sandwich, but also say, hey, I wonder how I could use my gifts and abilities to serve in this way. Uh, but this is also why we need to even think beyond the local level and think globally. And how do, we, how do we plant churches and help communities of believers form in the different neighborhoods around the world? And that's why we collect offerings like the uh, Annie Armstrong Easter offering, the Georgia Mission offering. Uh, this is why we've collected offerings even for like Young Life and Crew. And we've collected offerings for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Because these types of offerings are ways that we can leverage our resources for the sending out of believers so that more communities of faith are established. In other words, it's like putting Levites in the neighborhood. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to put communities of priests these, this, these communities of royal priests in different parts of the world. You know, we, we've even sent our own members overseas as missionaries. But the reason we did that is not just so they could blaze a trail and just talk about Jesus to everybody. That's part of it. But we also want them to help create a community of believers. Because the goal is not just to send individuals so they can talk to people. But we can send individuals and families so that churches can be created and planted. Because we know that's how God changes a community. is by putting those priests, so to speak, those community of priests, believers in Christ, present in a place. So God wants the world to know Him and to worship Him. And the way this will be accomplished is through the disbursement of Christians... And the growth of churches around the world. And so it's through the presence of the priests that the world will come to know Christ. That's God's plan. So for us, we need to be careful not to neglect our involvement and investment in this church. And also don't neglect your support for the global mission of God. You know, we've been given a, a privileged position to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to a broken and hurting world. And the most effective way for us to do that is in and through a community of believers. 
So be involved and invest in what God is doing, both here in, in Augusta, and also find ways to invest in what He's doing around the world. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for this charge. Thank You for Your plan of reaching the world for Christ, building people up in the faith, and sending them out so that others may know. And we know You do that through Your community of priests, Your your people, Your church. Lord, help us to consider today our involvement in Your mission, in in the lives of Your people. Lord, help us to make this a priority. Not just about what we can get out of it, but what we can give. How You would have us to be involved in the lives of Your people. Well, thank You for the blessing it is to both know and be known by the people in this room. Lord, also thank You for the privilege that we have to be involved in the sending of missionaries, the planting of churches around the world so that others may have this opportunity to come and to be with people that are pray with them that will listen to them, that will teach them, that will care for them, that will hold their children, that will teach their children about Jesus. Lord, thank You for the many blessings that come from being part of Your people. Lord, help us to be involved and help us to invest in what You're doing both here and around the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.